Hey y'all, hey! Welcome back to Such a Lady, and I'm your host, Siobhan Antoine. And I missed you guys last week, um, but if you listened to the episode before that, you know that I sounded like I had a frog in my throat, and it just kind of got worse. And I didn't want to put you all through that, so I decided to, you know, take one for the team and sit um, this one out. So... I'm back and hopefully I'm better. Hey, I'm back and I'm better. Um, And I have a great story for you all today. I also have some feedback, which is super cool because I love getting feedback because I want to get better, you guys. Like if I don't know what you like and what you don't like, I don't know what to, you know, improve on. I mean, I know I'm always working to get better, but I want to make sure that I'm pleasing my listeners. And so that's always a goal of mine. Um, I had someone tell me that I don't, they like the fact that I don't go back and fix my errors. And I said, <laughs> that's funny because I used to try so hard to do that. And here's a fun fact. I'm not tech savvy at all. And so when I first wanted to do, to do the podcast, um, I was so overwhelmed by all of the um, things that I had to do, like to edit it and when I would make a mistake that I just stopped. I just stopped. I gave up. And I was like, it's just too much. Um, I had the head equipment. I had everything. I was just like, this is too much for me. I just didn't get it. I was watching YouTube videos. And so finally I was like, you know what? I'll keep watching the videos, which I do, but I'll keep going in the meantime, because my motto, my motto is, is that you don't have to be perfect to start, but you have to start to be perfect. So if you all catch some of my errors, please know that I've um, recorded the episode several times, <laughs> um, but this is probably the one that has the least, but I'm working on it. I'm working to get better all the time. So um, thanks for your feedback, Mark. Um, also, shout out to Amy and Alex, uh, my co my old co-workers who um, let me know that they listen, which means so much to me because, um, listen, I do this and I talk to you all like you're my friends, even if nobody's listening. So um, I'm still going to do it. But I appreciate knowing that you guys are listening. It means a lot. So thanks for your support. And anyone else listening, thank you for your support. I want your feedback. Go to our Instagram page, Such A Lady, or whatever platform you're listening on. Leave a comment, leave a message, let me know um, what you think. And also, let me know what episodes you like, because our next episode was sent in from a listener named Robbie, who um, said, hey, listen, I listened to some of your um, episodes, and I think this will be a great one. So I pulled it up, and I was like, how did I not hear about this? And I think I did at one point, but I kind of like skimmed over it and was like, I'd come back to it. But there are so many stories, I never came back to it. And so with me being under the weather, I was able to look up everything on this particular story. And I'm your go-to girl. So if you got any questions after this episode, come see me because I'm, I wasn't there. But hey, listen, I feel like I was there after all the research I've done. So let's get into it. Our next... um. I mean, can you imagine, <laughs> like for real, can you imagine waiting all your life to have a baby? 
Like some women dream of getting married, but imagine wanting to have a baby. Um, that was Ronnie Ruder's story. She grew up in a small town in Wisconsin where, you know, it, the football players for the Chicago Bears would come to practice at football camp. And everybody in Wisconsin loved football. I mean, I can't understand it because football is not my thing, but that's their thing there. And Ronnie loved football. And at the time, she was young. She was a beautiful woman and she was living her best life. And she, she liked to go to the camp so she could see the guys who were there out working out. And listen, I don't blame her. I mean, you're young. At that time, she was 24. So she 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 was out doing her thing. And at this time, she ended up meeting one of the um, Chicago Bears players, which was Sean Gale. And he was there, and he was 28 at the time, and he was there for camp. And they hit it off, and they just started talking from there. And at that time, he was just kind of starting out in his career. Nobody, I mean, he wasn't, nothing happened that was major at that time. So they were just a regular relationship, boy and girl dating. Um, come 1985, the Chicago Bears blew up, <laughs> and he just so happened to be on the team. Now, he was a good player. Let's not downplay anything. He was a good player, and he helped take them to a championship. And it was fantastic. And that caused him to be a local celebrity in his hometown. Everybody knew who Sean was. So over the next 20 years, Sean and Ronnie dated off and on. And they had their own place. Sean had his own place and Ronnie had her own place. And when I'm looking into this information, I'm like, hold up, pump the brakes. 20 years, I got a ring. We still got separate places. What are we doing here? Like, Ronnie, what's going on? But the more I dug into it, the more I realized Sean was not only a local celebrity in his hometown, he was a local hoe in his hometown. He did what he wanted to do. Now, although Ronnie was committed to him, he was committed to the streets. <laughs> he did. He was out here living his best life, like he had other relationships and then he had other situationships. So he was like busy and I'm like, bro, where do you find the time? Like, <laughs> how do you find the time to get to all these women? But I think Ronnie thought like sometimes we as women do and it, hey, this might not be your story. If not, I congratulate you, boo, that you've never been through it. But I know, as for me, you think that if you invest in a man that you're going to get something back in return. And you don't want to be like, okay, well, I've invested this time and energy into this person only for him to go be with someone else. I know like when I was with the father of my child, I felt like, you know, I invested 10 years into this relationship, like blood, sweat and tears, like how dare I let him go and he's a great man for somebody else. But I had to get to the point and realize that he just wasn't the person for me. And I was going to kill myself trying to make him be the person for me and trying to make him see that I was the person for him. And it just wasn't going to work. But based on everything I read, 
Ronnie was determined to be that person. She was patient. She was kind. She didn't want him for his money. She had her own money. She wasn't one of these groupies who was like, hey, Sean, I know you won back in 1985. Here we are 20 years later, but hey, you're still the man. Like, uh, what can you do for me? No, she had her own stuff and she was very independent. She wanted Sean for who he was. She legit loved him and she was waiting on him to love her back the same way. And it's sad to even say that because she wanted it that bad. Um, They ended up getting pregnant after over 20 years. I don't know if they were using protection before and then they slipped up or Ronnie was taking something. That never came up. But anyway, she ended up pregnant and she was 41 by this time and she had told all her friends she wanted a baby. Um, Her brother, her sister-in-law, her dad, they said that was all she talked about. Her brother said that she would tell him and his wife how to raise their kids, and she didn't even have any. So she knew that she wanted a baby, and that was fine. So when she told Sean that she was pregnant, he wasn't happy at all. But Ronnie stood her ground. She was like, listen, I put up with a lot of your crap, but you know I want a baby, so I'm having this baby, whether I have it with you or without you. Without you." And Sean was like, hey, listen, Ronnie, you know, I don't feel like we're at a point in our relationship where we need a baby. Bro, it's been 20 years. Like, people are married for less than that time. So what are you waiting on? But it was because he didn't want the responsibility. He didn't want to be tied down to having a kid because that didn't allow him to run the streets and be with the women who he wanted to be with. But Ronnie was like, do you? And I'm going to take care of me. And that's exactly what she did. She went and she got one of those medical alert bracelets that had baby on there. So if something happened to her, they would know to save the baby first. So she was serious about this pregnancy. She wanted it. Um, Sean finally decided to come around. I guess he knew that (laughs) Ronnie wasn't going to be swayed this time. Like he, the spell was over, especially in this situation. So they started planning for a baby girl and everything was going great. And six months into Ronnie's pregnancy, her downstairs neighbor. Now, listen, I'm going to tell y'all this. If ever I have to have a neighbor, I want to have Ronnie's neighbor because she had watched a movie the night before and the person on the movie had a silencer and they used a silencer. And that morning around 830, she heard something that sounded like it and she called Ronnie and didn't get an answer. And so she left her message and was like, hey, it sounded like I heard some muffled gunshots. Please call me back. She never called about she never got a call back. So she called the police. Well, once she called the police, the police came and she let them know, hey, listen, I watched a movie last night. It sounded like gunshots that were muffled. The police go upstairs and lo and behold, they find Ronnie laying on the floor six months Um with her hands on her belly and she had been shot seven times and three of those shots went directly into her stomach and where she was laying was right underneath her refrigerator and 
on top of the refrigerator was a picture that she had put up there of her uh, sonogram. So not only was the baby above her, she was holding her stomach as if she was trying to protect the baby. And um, just listening and reading some of the information, some of the police officers who were on the scene said that this was like one of the worst scenes that they've ever seen because this was a this was an area that there wasn't a very high crime crime rate. This was not something that was common. And so for them to see something like this and to this magnitude was something that they definitely weren't ready for. And they were wanting to know who could do something like this. And not only to a lady like this, but to a pregnant lady. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So the police get to work and they start searching, trying to figure out what leads they have. And the neighbors are like, okay, so we saw a black man with an afro getting into a black car driving away. And that's all the police had to go by. Well, by this time, someone has called Sean, a reporter has, and is like, hey, listen, did you kill the mother of your child? And Sean is like, what? What are you talking about? Like, what's going on? And the reporter's like, the mother of your child has been killed. Are you the killer? So Sean hangs up with him and he calls down to the police department. And he's like, hey, I heard that the mother of my child, Ronnie, has been killed. And the detective is like, who is this? And he's like, this is Sean Gale. And he's like, yeah. And I mean, just listening to the call, like a lot of people said, you couldn't hear any emotion. But if you want to hear it yourself, I can upload it or you can even Google it. I felt the emotion when when the officer told Sean, I felt him break down like that probably has to be the worst way to hear that somebody passed away and it's the mother of your child. So the detective asked him to come down and he said, yeah, he would come down. And when Sean came down, he he was honest, but the police had something in their hand that Sean didn't know about. When they were at the apartment and they were investigating Ronnie's murder in her purse, they found a list that someone had sent to her. And it was a list of women that Sean had been with. And it was a current list of women that Sean had been with. A list of 18 women. When I tell you that he had too much time on his hands, y'all, he had too much time on his hands. How do you have a relationship with 18 women? So it was kind of like, Ronnie probably just got bits and pieces of him. Like, even if they did decide to stay together, like, what could she get from him? Because he, she was sharing him with everybody. Um, and it's so sad because she was a beautiful, beautiful woman. And, and she was, and even if she wasn't though, 
even if she wasn't a beautiful woman, no woman deserves to be treated like that. No man deserves to be treated like that. Like, just be single, be free, but don't commit to someone if you're not really ready to commit to someone. And it sounds like Sean wasn't ready to commit, but he was ready to be honest because when the police interrogated him, he let them know everything. And Sean initially thought that it was another lady that he was dating. I mean, how could he know who 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 would want to kill Ronnie? I mean, he knew that everybody loved her. The only people who would want to kill her would have to be some, somebody who has something to do with him. And so he initially pointed the police in the wrong direction, but the police were pretty adamant that he had something to do about it because um, while they were talking to his friends, they, they found out that he wasn't happy about the pregnancy and that he was a hoe and that he was sleeping with everybody and that he didn't want to be tied down. And so he did look like the number one suspect, but he had an, he had an alibi. And so once he had an alibi, the police had to move on. Well, the young lady who Sean said was who he thought, quote unquote, thought was the killer. She had an alibi, too. So the police had to start from scratch. And guess what they had to do? They had to work down the list of the seven of the 18 women who Sean was sleeping with. And they got down to the 17th woman. And her name was Marnie Yang. Now, Marnie Yang was a divorced mother of three. And she was a real estate agent. She was a model. She was a fitness instructor. She had gotten a divorce and said that she was going to go out and she was going to not let that hold her back. She was going to um, not become a stereotype who, okay, well, what was me, a bitter woman? So she got out and she dated. Um, She was a little crazy because apparently she dated a cop at one time and he was married. And I don't know what these ladies' fascination is with married men, especially with Marnie, because her husband and her had divorced because he had been messing around with someone else. So I don't know if she was doing this to get back at the woman who had done her wrong. I don't know, but she started dating married men. And this particular guy that she dated was a cop. And when he broke it off with her, she lost her marbles. And she lost him to the point that this police officer packed up his whole family and moved. He retired early and moved to a location that no one knows about because he was that scared of her. He had to get a restraining order out on her. So a police officer being afraid of a woman and having to relocate your whole family says something about your craziness. And so once the police saw that, They kind of like zeroed in on Marnie and they were like, "Okay, well, she might be the one. And so the more they looked into it, they were like, no, really, she might be the one. Because when they looked into the records, she had rented a car the day before and had the car delivered to her best friend's house. And guess what? The car just so happened to be a black car the car that the people said the getaway driver got into. So the police look further into that and then they go to the best friend's house. And she's like, well, yeah, she rented a car, 
But she rented a car because my car wasn't working and I needed a car. And that's what best friends do. So the police were like, okay, well, that makes sense. But that still didn't cover the witnesses saying that they saw a black guy. Okay, so we got the black car, but the best friend rented it. Okay, but what about the black person? So this is not adding together. So they decide they're not going to be deterred. They bring the best friend down to the station and they're like, listen, you're going to talk and you're going to talk now because guess what? You're going to be a conspiracy. You're going to, we could charge you with conspiracy to murder. So if that's what you want, <laughs> if you want that smoke, we can give it to you. And so she's like, listen, I'm not going to jail for her. And so she told them, she was like, listen, Marnie was in love with Sean. She was obsessed with him and she wanted him to herself. And then when she found out that he was messing with all these other women, she was like, okay, I could compete with that, but I can't compete with the woman that's pregnant. And she like took out background checks on these women. Like she paid, I don't know if you all have ever researched or had a background check done, but they're not cheap. And so she had background checks done on all of these women. And so, um, <laughs> she, she was crazy. She was just crazy. So, okay. So after she had the background checks done, so her best friend tells the police that she did that. She says that, um, Ronnie has to go because she's pregnant. And she's like, I can compete with all these other women, but I can't compete with the baby. And what if he decides that he wants to be committed to her? And so I can't take that chance. And so she said that she had to take her out. And so she told um, Christy the plan. And she said, this is how you know that it's done. I'm going to call you the next morning. I'm going to say, hey, you want to go out to dinner? That was... Um, Marnie's cold word to her best friend. Hey, you want to go out to dinner? So she's the, um, Christy is telling her, the police, listen, that next day she called me at work and she said, Hey, do you want to go out to dinner? And that's how I knew that the deed was done. And so the police were like, okay, we knew she did it, but we need more evidence. And so they asked her, listen, if you don't want to go to jail, then you need to tell on your best friend. And you need to tell on her now. And so she agrees to that she'll watch, she'll wear a wire. And so she calls up Marnie and she's like, hey, we need to meet at Denny's. And they go to Denny's and she's like, listen, they're questioning me and I'm not going in jail behind you. How well did you hide the murder weapon? And of course, Marnie thinking that she's just talking to her best friend. She's like, like, it's, it's, it's hidden well. There's no way that they can find it. Like I, I did it so well that even if they tried, they couldn't, if they wanted to. And then she just keeps talking and it's like listening to the recording. It's like, she's digging a hole deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper for herself. And so then finally her best friend gets up and she like talks into the mic and she's like, fellas, I hope you got everything you needed. And that's exactly what they did. So they end up bringing in Marnie and they're like, okay, listen, your friend has spilled all the beans. So it's time for you to talk. And she's like, well, no, I didn't do any of that stuff. She was like, 
I only t- I only did background searches on them because if I'm going to be dating a guy, then I need to know about the women that he's dating too. No, ma'am, if you're dating a guy and he's dating 17 other women, you need to run for the hills. You don't need to pay for anything. That's what you need to do. So the police were like, yeah, your story's not adding up, lady. And so finally, she just gives in and she tells the truth and she's like, okay, yeah, I did. I shot her. And I killed her and, you know, I just, I was in love with him and the police charged her with murder and she's going to spend the rest of her life in jail. And it's just a sad thing. I mean, I don't think that some people say that Sean has something to do with it based on the documentaries that I watched and everything that I read I don't think that he had anything to do with it. I do think he played a huge part in it. I think that he should have just been honest and he should have just said, listen, I don't want to be with you. I want to be free. I want to be able to date whoever I want to date because I don't think that people realize that when you play with people's emotions like that, then you run the risk of them doing things like this. Had he not cheated on Ronnie, then guess what? Then Marnie wouldn't have had to kill her, but because he had been dating all these women, then she had become obsessed with him. And so someone who was innocent had to pay. And what's so crazy is that, you know how they ended up um, putting the icing on the cake that Marnie had killed Ronnie is that when they went and her best friend told that she had took her to like drop off pieces of the, um, after she murdered Ronnie, there was a location that her best friend took the police to. And there was the medical alert bracelet that just said baby on it. And they knew that there was no way that her best friend would have known to take them there had Marnie not shown her that. And so it was so sad because she wanted more than anything to be a mother. And even while she was dying, her goal was to protect her baby in her stomach. And Marnie, who had three children, who as a parent, your goal is to protect them. She decided that that wasn't something that she wanted to do. She was willing to risk it all for love. And now she's spending the rest of her life in jail and Sean has moved on with his life. And I just can't stress enough to us as women that yes, love is a great thing, but love is not supposed to hurt. Love is not supposed to be toxic. Love is not something that you're supposed to spend the rest of your life um, in jail behind or lose your children. And and that goes for men too. Men, if you're listening, no woman should put you in a situation where you have to question your sanity and question your freedom because of something that they want or something that they're saying that they need. Um, but if you have a toxic story or if you can think of a toxic story that you would like to hear, then definitely send it in. This was a great one to actually do research on, to listen to, to tell you all about. So yeah, if it's something that you can think of about toxic love gone wrong, definitely let me know. Leave me a message, comment, go to our um, Instagram page and I'll post some pictures there and we can chat. But until next time, thanks for tuning in to such a lady.